I love to preach on Easter themes. There's not a greater message and there's not a greater theme for preaching. There's nothing that can compare to the theme of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. One of the things I like to do on about Thursday before Easter is to go through all the sermon themes in the newspaper that are going to be preached on Easter Sunday, just to see what the topic and what the focus of the message is going to be. I came across one, it wasn't this year, because if I told you one from this year, you would go home and check your Thursday paper and blame me for criticizing some preacher in the community. A couple years ago, the title of the sermon was, Easter is a Time for Flowers. What a daisy of a theme that is. When you read John chapter 19, you could say there ends an excellent biography of a wonderful man. Because it talks about then Jesus' death. In those last verses we read now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden. And in the garden, a new tomb where no one had ever been laid. So because of the Jewish day of preparation, as the tomb was close at hand, they laid Jesus there. With all other great men, it's over at that point. Now, I really do enjoy reading biographies. Biographies of outstanding men and women who have lived and made major contributions. I've read a lot of them, and I'm sure you have read a lot of them also. It talks about the person, but it ends up always with the fact that they died. So please, this morning, take out the sermon notes that have been prepared for you. In the introduction, all great men end up dead. If you stopped at the end of John chapter 19... And if you did not have John chapter 20, you would say this man was a great man, but he died. He was a wonderful martyr. He had a terrific cause. He was a great teacher. We would have the tendency to close the book and say, that was a great man that I'll always respect. But as we look at the resurrection, if Jesus did not rise, then he's not the son of God. And all those Old Testament prophecies are not true. And the cross of Calvary has absolutely no purpose except for the fact that a martyr died there. And the followers of Jesus who had seen the resurrection of Jesus, they were all liars. The New Testament is a myth. And Jesus is simply an imposter. And prayer is a mockery. The great doctrines of the church are just a figment of someone's imagination. Millions of martyrs, including those who claim to have known Jesus, have all died in vain. Evangelism is simply a useless exercise. Missionaries have no reason to go across the seas. The second coming of Christ is a false hope. There's no heaven, and the Christian faith is destroyed. See, if there is no resurrection... We might as well pack up and all go home. So then why is it that Jesus was so unknown on Easter? Let me give you this morning five reasons why Jesus was unknown on Easter. In your notes, number one, see, Mary was looking for a dead Christ. 
Yeah, Mary was looking for a dead Christ. She was making the mistake on that day that many people are still making today. She looked at Jesus as the fact that he had come, he had died, historical figure, one whom she loved, she adored, one who had come into her life and had walked with her and had changed her, and now she was looking at him as a dead Christ. Just look at John 20, verses 1 and 2. Please read it with me together out loud. Early on Sunday morning, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. She ran and found Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved. She said, They have taken the Lord's body out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. I want you to notice here that Mary did not come to the tomb that morning to witness a resurrection. She went to the tomb to anoint a dead body in your notes, to prepare the body of the person who was dead. When she saw that Jesus' body had been removed from the tomb, she did not think in terms of any resurrection. She thought in terms of someone who had come and taken or stolen his body. So when you look at the teachings of Jesus, when you look at his compassion, the example of his sacrifice, there is a tendency for us also to admire him as he was on earth. As Mary came that morning, she came for that reason. Jesus had meant much to her in this life. I heard a story a couple days ago to help us fix our minds on this thought for a moment. It's the story of a father, a father who was bragging to his son. He said, I'm best duck hunter around, the best duck hunter. He kept bragging to his son. So finally his son got old enough to, to go duck hunting with his dad. He just loved to hunt ducks. So they got out there. They prepared the blind. The father said to his son, I have never missed. I have never missed. So they got the blind prepared. They laid still for quite some time. And pretty soon, a semi-retarded duck came flying over slow and low. The father saw this duck, and he said, here's the opportunity I've been waiting for. He grabbed his shotgun. He raised it up at the semi-retarded duck, and he let both barrels fly. There was smoke all over the place. It was incredible. And when the smoke cleared, the semi-retarded duck was still moving on, slow and low. The father really didn't know what to say to his son. Finally, he said, son, you have just witnessed a miracle. There goes a dead duck. In Mary's mind, As she came to see Jesus who had died, she could not conceive of him being alive. She wanted to know what happened to his body. She came to search for a dead Christ. So Jesus was unknown to Mary. In your notes number two, the second reason Jesus was unknown was because the disciples did not understand God's word. They didn't understand God's word. They had walked with Jesus for three years, and yet they did not understand. 
Look at John 20, verse 4. This is where the two disciples are running together. They were both running. But the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. Now it's interesting. There are only two times that running is ever spoken of in the New Testament. Unless it was used in a metaphorical sense. Only two times. And both times it's to tell the Easter story. So in your notes, the Easter message is exciting enough. It's exciting enough to get you running. Look at John 20, verse 9. For until then, they still hadn't understood the scriptures that said, Jesus must rise from the dead. So the disciples did not understand his teaching. They somehow had missed the fact that on the third day he was going to arise. Therefore they were left out of the joys of the resurrection on Easter morning. And Jesus was unknown to them because they did not understand God's word. In your notes number three, the third reason Jesus is unknown on Easter, the disciples did not persist in finding Jesus. Just look at John 20, verse 10. The disciples then, they went back home. The disciples did not persist in searching for Jesus. In a moment, you will see how Mary, she did persist. She stayed in the garden. She wasn't about to leave until she found the body of Jesus. The disciples, they looked in. He was gone, and they went back home. And later, we note that they went back to their homes to shut doors, back to lock doors, Back to their fears. You see in your notes, the disciples had no hope. And when you have no hope, Easter is nothing but another day. The resurrection had nothing that can take a hold of in your heart because you have no hope. You have no faith. So when you remove hope, then you remove the light that shines in the darkness. You remove the hope that removes the energy that energizes your body when it gets tired. They looked into the tomb, they didn't see Jesus, and when they didn't see him, they went back to the same fears, the same shut doors, the same darkness, to the same questions and the same discouragement, and Jesus remained unknown. In your notes number four, the fourth reason they didn't know Jesus, Mary's disappointment affected her discernment. Mary's disappointment was so great, it affected her discernment, it affected her perception. We see this picture of disappointment in John chapter 20. It's interesting that the four Gospels, they each treat the resurrection in a different way. Matthew talks about the majesty and the glory of the resurrection. The Gospel of Mark, where Mark talks about the very fact, the fact that there was a resurrection. Luke, in his passages... Talk about the spiritual necessity of the resurrection, and that is where our faith is. But in John's report, he talks about the feelings of those who love Jesus the most, and how the resurrection affected them. Look at John 20, verses 11 to 15. Mary was standing outside the tomb crying, and as she wept, she stooped and looked in. She saw two white-robed angels, one sitting at the head and the other at the foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been lying. Dear woman, why are you crying? The angels asked her. Because they have taken away my Lord, she replied. And I don't know where they have put him. 
She turned to leave, and she saw someone standing there. It was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. Dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked her. Who are you looking for? She thought he was the gardener. Sir, she said, if you have taken him away, tell me where you have put him, and I'll go and get him. When we look at Mary here, she was so discouraged in so much despair. In your notes, the depths of Mary's loss exhibits the depth of her love. The love she had for her Lord was so great that when she came to the tomb that morning, she was willing to try to roll the stone away. She was so lost in her disappointment that her thinking was affected. In fact, maybe you have experienced a similar lostness, say at a funeral of a loved one, after it was all over. Someone said that they were there, but you don't remember that. You didn't remember who were all there in your grief. Because Mary's disappointment, it affected her discernment, and so Jesus was unknown to Mary. Finally, number five in your notes. The last reason that Jesus was unknown on Easter, Thomas withdrew from Christian fellowship. Yeah, Thomas had withdrawn from Christian fellowship with the other disciples. Looking at John 20, verse 24. One of the disciples, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, was not with the others when Jesus came. Later, when the disciples shared with Thomas, Thomas said, unless I place my hand in his side and touch the wounds of the nails in his hands, I will not believe. He withdrew, you see, from the Christian fellowship. That happens all the time. You have to be among other brothers and sisters in Christ. Wherever two or three are gathered together in my name, to have your faith strengthened and encouraged and kept strong. Look at Hebrews 10, verse 25. Please read that verse with me together out loud. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. See, we are not to forsake meeting together. Oh, it's great. It's great to come together at Easter time and at Christmas time, but that's not enough once or twice to know Jesus. He will be forever unknown to you. So you must continually gather together. You must continually be part of the Christian fellowship. You must be part of the body of Christ and share the faith and encourage one another and gather at the Lord's table regularly. See, Thomas was not in the crowd. And because he was not there when Jesus came, he missed him. But what I really love, what I really love about this account is that Jesus, in your notes, he came back. Yeah, Jesus came back for Thomas. Some of you also have missed Jesus. And you may be thinking, I have missed the power of Jesus' resurrection in my own life. I've never really grasped the fact that Jesus died and rose again for me. The good news, the good news is that Jesus came back for Thomas, and he continually comes back for each one of you. In the sacrament of Holy Communion, Jesus gives to us in, with, and under the bread and wine. His very body shed for us on the cross. His very blood given for the forgiveness of our sins. See, again and again, 
we celebrate the real presence of Christ at the Lord's Supper. And he's inviting you to commune with him today. And each time that we celebrate the sacrament of Holy Communion, because Jesus is truly a God of the second chance. So in conclusion, please note three statements to this question. What really changed those disciples? What really changed Mary? What took them from their despair and their discouragement to a position of joy and happiness and boldness? Number one in your notes, the absence of Jesus did not change them. Because when they saw that his body was not there in the tomb, there was still disillusionment and hopelessness. So just the absence of Jesus' body did not make them bold. Number two in your notes, the report of Jesus' resurrection also did not change them. Looking at John 20, verse 18, Mary Magdalene found the disciples and told them, I have seen the Lord. And then she gave them his message. And when Mary ran back to those disciples and said, Jesus is not there, that did not change them. They were still behind the locked doors. It it wasn't the absence of Jesus. It wasn't the report of Jesus' resurrection. So what really changed them? Through those shut doors, through the walls of discouragement, Jesus himself entered that room. And Jesus said, peace. Number three in your notes. It was only the presence of Jesus that changed them in that upper room. It was Jesus coming. It was his walking into that room, walking into the very lives. That was the only thing that changed them. So to you who know about Jesus, but do not know him in your heart as your Savior, the fact that the tomb is empty won't change you. My reporting to you this morning in this sermon won't change you. With all of your problems, your frustrations, with all of your needs, the only thing that can change you is the coming of Jesus into your heart and his touching you in faith with his forgiveness, his teaching you with his word, his forgiving you and feeding you in the Lord's Supper, his encouraging you to the fellowship of his church. Because you see, Jesus wants to be known to you today. Amen.